Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Yo, what's good, City Point? It is good to be able to be back with you guys, uh, jumping in virtually today. Uh, So good to see so many of you that um, are local. So good to see so many of you guys last Sunday in person. Um, uh, Just a great, uh, great time, great opportunity to fellowship. A lot of exciting things are happening in the life of our church. And uh, I'm excited. I know many of you are excited as well. Uh, certainly shift uh, since the shift that God is making within our uh, within our midst, um, really honoring a lot of the prayers that we've sent up, um, sort of like Jabez was like, enlarge my territory. And certainly that has been the case as we have been obedient to uh, to this this call, this burden to begin to reimagine and think differently about what it means to show up as church uh, in this day and age and, and have begun to operate cooperatively, uh, placing the needs uh, and desires of the the organization second and placing the needs of the people who make up the organization first and foremost through our cooperation. Um, I believe that God has honored that through the way that he is blessing us with this new opportunity uh, for more space, uh, for permanent uh, location in Chicago, a place that we will own, um, a stake that we get a chance to put in the ground. It, it is just truly amazing. And just uh, just seeing how all the pieces have come together between the property and the connections, the network connections that we need to bring forth the vision um, of you know building two flats on the block, or at least facilitating the building of two flats on the block in those vacant lots and uh, us being able to provide first time homeowners um, down payment assistance and for us to be able to pull in partnership with CHA to provide some affordable housing and guarantee tenancy for those first time homeowners in their two flats. Really incredible to see these pieces come together. And uh, just this past week had a really wonderful meeting um, with uh, with a person from a foundation that is facilitating some grant funds uh, to do some sustainability and green uh, building and development in the African-American community anchored by black churches. Had a chance to take him on a walk on our block, share our vision with him and uh, also hear some thoughts from them. And it's really exciting that there may be some synergy there. And so there may be some opportunities at some uh, at some grant dollars to help our work as well. And so it's just really beautiful once again to see all of these pieces coming together. It is a beautiful season and I'm grateful to be in it uh, with you guys. Uh, the reason that I'm outside today is because I'm looking forward to doing something a little bit different with today's sermon. We're kicking off a series uh, entitled Rest, right? And um, I wanted to be outside because we're looking at Psalm 23 today. And for those of you that are familiar with Psalm 23, know that that psalm, like it is about 
uh, David describing his relationship with God as being like a shepherd uh, and sheep. So I want to jump into this series, um, just looking at, at that. And I thought it would be really dope to just be outside while we talk about God as shepherd. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us this chance to come together. I pray that you will bless our time together. Use this word to impact our lives, to reshape our thoughts about rest and sanctifying it. I pray these blessings in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Um, let's uh, let's jump right into it. We're going to be looking at the 23rd Psalm. It is a familiar, familiar passage of scripture. Uh, so why don't you meet me there? Psalm 23. Psalm 23, beginning at verse one, it says, you, Lord, are my shepherd. I will never be in need. You let me rest in fields of green grass. You lead me to streams of peaceful water and you refresh my life. For a few moments, I just want to talk from the subject. I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. It is possible that rest is a referendum on how one feels about God. For me, at least, in retrospect, the times where I am the most restful tend to correlate with the times that I am also the most faithful. Uh, when my faith and confidence in God are operating at proper levels, I sleep better at night. I wake up at peace rather than anxious. My, my body is relaxed rather than in knots and my mind is not entertaining anxious thoughts. I, I wanna submit to you that there is an anointed arrogance or holy chutzpah that perhaps we all would be better off operating in. It is not an arrogance or audacity that is steeped in our own pride or abilities, but, but instead it's all tied up in our confidence in God. It is a confidence that says no matter what the day or life may throw my way, I'm good, I'm Gucci because God takes care of me. God fights on my behalf. God blesses me with good things. God opens doors for me. God provides for my needs. God will never forsake me. And when that sentiment is pervasive in my thoughts, and when I am truly internalizing that, something happens on the inside of me. Yes, something happens psychologically, and my body is able to rest better because I am believing better. I, I, in that moment, I am believing better. I am thinking better. You, you see, I am not arrogant. You see, when I am not arrogant about God, I am either embracing notions of God's indifference or God's inability, or I'm leaning on my own abilities entirely. I don't know if you guys have ever witnessed this. I'm sure you have. But if you've ever seen those little kids at the at the arcade sitting in the driver's seat of the car uh, of the car racing game and they are intently turning the wheels and uh, shifting the gears and smashing the accelerator. And then after a while, you notice the words on the screen, insert coins. You realize that all of this time, that little kid in their mind was driving the car in their mind. Uh, they were driving that car. They were turning the corners. They were passing opponents. They were navigating the course. But in reality, it was only in their mind. Yeah, they were putting in the energy. 
that they were putting in all of the effort and they were doing all of the motions and they were turning the wheel back and forth, but all along they were not the ones that were controlling the wheel. You know, when I think about those kids, I think about us. I actually think about me. You know, we wake up Monday morning and going through our minds are all of the gigantic boulders that we need to push up the hill. The tasks that are before us, they, 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 along with the responsibilities that we have seem too big for us, seem like gigantic mountains for us to climb, and they seem like they will never quit coming. So we are juggling all the things and we are trying to accomplish all of the things for the sake of doing well and keeping our families provided for and making sure our kids are well-rounded and having the things that they need and being able to keep our kids safe and pleasing our partners and saving some money and investing some money and preparing for our futures and growing our businesses or growing our brands or growing the companies that we work for or the church that we pastor, building our resumes, building our credentials, and all week we're steering that car. We're pressing the accelerator. We are changing the gears, and when the week finally ends, all we can do on Friday because we are so exhausted from holding it all together in our minds that all we can do on Friday night is fall asleep watching Netflix with a glass of wine in our hands because we are exhausted from having to do and maintain it all. Can I let y'all in on a little secret? All the while, when we were frantically turning that steering wheel back and forth all week, all the while, all while we were mashing the accelerator to the floor, there were words flashing saying, insert coins. Yeah, you ain't the one that was driving. You are not the reason that your kids were safe. You are not the reason that you kept your job. You are not the reason that the right people saw your work. You ain't the reason that the project came together, that it made it across the finish line. You ain't the reason that the loan got approved, that the deal got done. God is. Yeah, you were turning the wheel, but with no money in the game. And the reality is God is the one that has been managing the game all along. And I fear that in our striving for balancing divine help with human effort for the sake of not becoming fatalistic people, I fear that we have skewed too far toward human effort and forgotten unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Yes, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watch person stays awake in vain. The reality is you ain't got no money in the game. It is flashing, insert coins, and the truth is you can't even afford this game anyway. It costs too much. And so what do we do? Well, I have resigned to work hard, but to trust God for the results and go to sleep. I have decided to embrace what I'm calling anointed arrogance and say that God is the only one who can give the results that I desire and God wants good things from me. And so I trust God to take my best and to make it enough. And when God does not uh, make my best enough, I resign to God's will and I will try harder again next time and trust God once again to make it enough and to give me the desired results. 
This idea of anointed arrogance is what I see when I look at how David shows up in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a poem of not subtle, in no ways humble, bragging about God. In effect, David says, I'm Gucci because God's got me. And that's the life that I want for us. To have that kind of trappy confidence that does not allow stress to gain a foothold in our lives because we believe that God's got us. You know, the confidence of a kid talking smack on the playground because they know that their bigger brother or bigger sister is just in eyesight. And if anything happens, they know that they are nearby. Yes, confidence. And so I want to look at Psalm 23 and I want to look at it and just pull out a few nuggets for us so that we can draw some cues from David out on how we can be confident in God. And then thereby, through us being confident, we can start resting. First thing that I see when I look at Psalm 23 is that David effectively says it's the green grass for me. Uh, David says, you, Lord, are my shepherd. I will never be in need. You let me rest in fields of green grass. Uh, let, let me talk to y'all for just a moment about the imagery that is happening here. Now, sheep need green grass in order to thrive, right? And so what good shepherds do is they lead their sheep to lush green grass where there is plenty for them to eat. And then the way that you know that the sheep have indeed eaten enough is that after they have eaten and gotten their fill, they just lie down. When the pasture is not green, when that pasture is not lush, when they cannot find enough to eat, what the sheep tend to do is they just tend to stay on their feet, constantly grazing, constantly in search, constantly trying to get satisfied, never able to quite get satisfied. And so David essentially says, God gives me so much of what I need that I'm full and I don't have to go out and keep searching for more. Yes, David says, I can lie down because I am satisfied. I need y'all for a moment. Just look around you at the green pastures. Not these literal green pastures behind me, but the green pastures that God has provided for you in your life. After all, isn't there that where God has planted you? Or is the field barren? Or is the field patchy? Has God placed you in a place in life where there is not enough sustenance? If like David Today, you look around and you realize that the grass is green around you because of what God did. Then I want to encourage you. Lie down. Rest. I know that we have been socialized to strive for more, but can I challenge you to learn to strive and rest? It's like a basketball player that has already dropped 50 points that they don't need another bucket. They are not pressed for another bucket, but, but if they score again, it does add to the historic night, but there's no pressure because you've already dropped 50. What I'm saying is if 
you have already been provided for. If indeed, as you stop and look around, you have to admit that God has provided you with green pastures. Strive, but rest. Yeah, David says, you let me rest in fields of green. May I suggest to you that perhaps the reason that God has been so intent, intentional about providing you with the green pastures is so that you can't slow down my sibling and just rest. David says, secondly, that sustenance shouldn't be stressful. I want you to look with me at the B part of verse two. He says about God, you lead me to streams of peaceful water. Now, everybody and every creature needs water to live. We know that. Water is the critical uh, part of our survival. And sheep are absolutely no exception. What David understood is that sheep are led to streams, not on their own, but they are led there by their shepherd. For to see, sheep are incredibly timid creatures. And so if the stream is too boisterous, sheep won't drink from that stream. That their nerves get in the way. And, and instead of them being able to get the nourishment that they need to be able to get out of the stream, they, they get anxiety, they, they get fear, they get uh, chaos in their bodies and havoc starts wreaking in their bodies. And so what a good shepherd does is they don't lead the sheep to just any stream. They lead the sheep, the sheep to streams that are peaceful. They do that so that the sheep can effectively get the sustenance that they need. Why do the shepherds do this? Why does it matter to the shepherds, the sensibilities of the sheep? I believe just in reading and researching about shepherds and sheep, it's because the shepherds believe that sustenance shouldn't be stressful. And so David with anointed arrogance, lays out a boast about God. And David says, God, in the same way, leads me to peaceful streams. Now, let me uh, be theologically tight here and say to you that this is not a promise. This is David's reflection. This is David's brag. This is David's trap music as he brags about God. And, and perhaps some of you, if you reflect for a moment, can testify similarly about God in the same way that David reflected and say that God also leads you to peaceful streams. Some of you, God saw and heard you when your job was no longer giving you peace. That, that place where you were deriving your sustenance from suddenly was the site and the cause of deep stress and anxiety and chaos in your life. But you put that thing in God's hand and God delivered you into a different job where the environment was better and the culture was different. God led you to a peaceful stream. For somebody, perhaps it was a relationship. And you got to the point where you realize that love is not supposed to be this hard. Love ain't supposed to come with stress and confusion and chaos. Love ain't supposed to make me anxious. In the midst of it, God saw and God heard and God got you out of that one. And you met somebody who was a peaceful stream. Yes, God is like that. 
And so maybe you're in the midst of something right now where your peace is being robbed. Maybe that's what that's why you cannot get any rest because something in your life that shouldn't be that should be giving you sustenance is in fact giving you stress. Can I invite you to have a talk with the good shepherd? Tell God all about it and tell God I need a peaceful stream and trust God and God's good intentions to provide for you what what you need. David says of God, he says, you lead me to streams of peaceful water. Not only does David say it's the green grass for me. Not only does he remind us that sustenance shouldn't be stressful, let me say thirdly and finally that David says, God gets me back on my feet. It's right there in verse three, not making it up. He says, and you refresh my life. The the English standard version, which is closer to like that, that old King James version says it this way. It says, God restores my soul. Here's the imagery that's happening here. So there's this thing that usually happens when sheep are laying are laying down. Maybe it's because like the ground behind me, the ground is a little bit uneven. Or for whatever reason, when they are lying down, all of a sudden they are no longer on their sides. Their body weight has shifted and they have ended up on their backs. And when a sheep is on their back, they can't get up within hours and at most days, depending on the weather, a sheep will die laying on its back. Shepherds call this being cast down. A cast down sheep is a concern for the shepherd. You see, the shepherd will leave 99 other sheep to go out after that one sheep. That is cast down. What David says, when David says in verse three, you restore my soul. Or in our version that we're reading today and you refresh my life. What is happening here is David is calling upon the imagery of what the shepherd does when he or she finds that sheep cast down on its back what that sheep shepherd does is goes to that sheep and begins to massage its legs get the blood circulating in the legs again because uh, all of the body weight has shifted and the blood has now been drawn away from the legs and it will not be able to stand on its own and so it has to pay some particular care and attention to that sheep so it massages its legs And then it turns the sheep over and stands the sheep up and then props the sheep up for a bit, doesn't allow it to rest on its full strength because it ain't fully there yet. And then after a little bit of time, allows the sheep to start walking a little bit, but still bracing it and ensuring that it does not fall under its own weight. And then after a few minutes, that sheep, because of that help and that care of the shepherd when it was cast down on its back, unable to turn itself back over, unable to fend for its life or to restore itself. Because of that care of the shepherd, sheep is now able 
to walk on its own again. I, I know none of you are sheep, but perhaps you, like me, have experienced a season of life where you have felt cast down, where you have felt like you have lost your way and lost your balance and you just don't have it in you or the resources needed to get yourself back on track. Thank God that David's testimony about God should give us some confidence. David says, God gets me back up on my feet. Yes, God refreshes my life or ESV. God restores my soul. So perhaps you are there right now. Lost your way. Cast down. Feeling far away from yourself. Far away from what you need. Far away from where you need to be. And you don't know how to find your way back. Maybe your energy is low. Maybe your spirits are low. Whatever is going on. I just want to instill in you this confidence that the God that we serve is a God that can restore us, wants to restore us, will restore us. And I need you to have that confidence. He's a God that restores us when we are cast down. And so because of that, I think we should all be functioning with some anointed arrogance, some holy hootspot that effectively says, I'm good, I'm Gucci. And the way that David started off this psalm in, in the version of scripture that we're reading today, David says, Lord, you, Lord, are my shepherd. I will never be in need. David goes full on trappy there, full confidence. I'm good. I'm Gucci. I think if we were able to get to that place, for some of us get back to that place of that kind of confidence, not in ourselves, but in God, we'd be able to rest better. The reason that we've got knots, if you're like me, knots, not in my neck and in my shoulder for the last 90 days, 60 days, it's, it's because somewhere along the way, I, I lost um, the anointed arrogance. Yeah. That says, I, I'm good. God's got, got me in all things. All things. I, I, don't, I don't have to be worried about missing crossing a T, missing dotting an I, worried about how this is going to work out and trying to keep all of these things together and and, and worried that if I don't do this thing, then um, some other ne negative consequences will happen. Yawn. I'm going to go to sleep. Because the grasses are green. God has led me to green pastures. And it's all good if I lie down. So let me encourage you. Get your confidence back. Get your get your confidence in God's swagger back and in the idea that God is not indifferent God does care God does provide good gifts God will give you the desires of your heart if they are according to God's will and if it ain't according to God's will I'm good I don't want it anyway 
And when we function like that, we can rest. So that's it. That's it, y'all. After the service is over, go do something fun. Go rest. Don't take your computers out and try to do some more work, figure out some more things. Look around you. God has given you green pastures. In the words of Drake, what a time to be alive. Lie down. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for reinstilling in us anointed arrogance, holy chutzpah, confidence that we are good because you got us. Like David said, you, Lord, are our shepherd. I will never need anything. I will never be in need because you got it. You got it. We don't have to worry about running out because you always got enough and you always got more. We never have to worry about lack or being without. You'll take care of us. We know that. I pray that you will instill this confidence in us. Help us rest because of it. I pray for my sibling that has been restless. I pray your blessings over them. I pray that you will help us all put things and leave things in your hands. Doesn't mean that we are fatalistic. Does not mean that we become lazy at what we need to do. But we do our part and we trust you with the results. We thank you and we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you're here, you've never accepted Jesus for salvation. Today is the perfect day to do it. It is just accepting the fact that on your best day, you just like me come up short. And the only way that we can be righteous is if God makes us righteous through Jesus Christ. If that's you, then I invite you to repent of your sins. Believe that Jesus really did live, really did die really did rise again on the third day. And if you're doing that, you, my brother, my sister, my sibling are saved. If you're doing that, I invite you to follow the directions on the screen. And you can also go to our website, citypointcc.org under the membership tab and find this information there as well on how to let us know you're accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're looking for a church family to rock out with, uh, we would love to have you join a tribe called City Point. We, um, we're a group of believers, a group of folks that are Christians, pride ourselves on being regular, schmegular people um, that are trying to um, live faith-infused lives, showing up well for God, showing up well for each other, showing up well for our communities. And so I think that if you're watching this stream, you're probably one of those people that, that this idea connects with and you've been looking for something like this, let me invite you to not merely be a spectator, but be a participant in what we're doing. Be a part of our family, be a part of our community. Um, if you're looking to do that, follow the directions on the screen, uh, or you can go to our website, citypointcc.org, uh, and go to the membership uh, page, and you can complete information there, and a member from our team will follow up. And then finally, if you desire prayer about anything, uh, we would love to pray with you. Our team is very diligent about prayer. Once again, follow the directions on the screen uh, or go to our website, citypointcc.org and go to the prayer page and complete a prayer request there. Speaking of prayer, let us pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for those that you are continuing to include into our local church community. Um, whether they are near or far, whether they are in person or virtual, we thank you for them. And we pray that you will grow us all as believers. 
We also pray, Lord, for those that are standing in the need of prayer and coming to submit prayer requests. We pray in advance, Lord, that you will hear their needs and that you will act on their behalf. We pray these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah.